weird up this week. Sort of a real mixed <sighs> bag of emotions, isn't it? This was an odd episode. <laughs> it was odd. Like L stuff aside, like the main case, there was a lot of joking from the team, which was fun. But I was also just kind of like, huh. <laughs> okay. There's dead kids in Texas. I feel like they wouldn't really like stand for this joking. You know what there's I mean? Like, there's like lots of making fun of people's fears. And then there's also just like when the kid eats everything but the creamed spinach and Derek goes, so we're looking for someone who really hates cream spinach. Reed just goes, who doesn't? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, now's not the time. <laughs> yeah, they were like really on their comedian shit this week. And I feel like yeah. they didn't need to be. <laughs> I liked it. Like, I don't want to sound like I didn't like it. I thought it was funny, but I was just kind of like, we haven't had this like fun times before. <laughs> yeah. Energy. It was a very different energy in their studio as well yeah. as ours, so, is what we're like, saying. The studio did have energy. There was certainly an energy in the studio. Hey, James? Yeah. Do you want to talk about Criminal Minds, maybe? Oh my god, is that what we're here to do? Are we here to talk about the television show, Criminal Minds? James, I would... Yeah, I think we are. You know, B, mm -hmm. I think that's a good idea. I think that's a real good idea. I think we should talk about season two, episode six, Boogeyman. The episode title is The Boogeyman? I... I, I add the when there's no thes, and I take away the the when there is a the. Because, <laughs> like, I, I don't know, it feels bad to me to call an episode the boogeyman i feel like just boogeyman would have fit better you know what i mean well that's like i thought the last episode should be called the aftermath but, but no. it was just called aftermath so it's aftermath like and the boogeyman like okay yeah it's weird i feel like criminal minds really needs to like get an aesthetic for their names you know what i mean <laughs> yeah they really need to like figure it out make yeah. a style guide for your names especially because like sometimes they're just like cuckoo bananas sometimes they're just buck wild shit yeah and then sometimes they're just like the boogeyman the boogeyman <laughs> you're like okay <laughs> what kind of boogeymans i will say though like this is an episode i wish like i wish the characters backstories had been more clearly like defined because uh -huh. we learned here's a this is a spoiler for jj's backstory but like jj's sister like, JJ grew up in a small town with her sister. Her sister commits suicide at 16. And kind of no one knows why, but she does. And then JJ has to grow up with, like, her dad leaves and her mom is real shitty and she has this terrible childhood. So, like, when she was sitting on the plane and she was like, the only thing I was afraid of as a kid was the woods. I was like, Bestie, I think... You had some trauma, and I don't think your only fear was of the woods. <laughs> you know? There's also that moment with Derek in this episode where he's yes. like, I would love to hang this dude's head on my wall. And it's like, I like it in as sort of like a precursor to profile or profile, which is yes. going to happen in six episodes from now, basically. Yes. I like it, but it also like, I don't know, so much of uh, like Derek and JJ's especially, like their backstories were so 
ephemeral. They were so up in the air. Yeah. Like, like we don't know anything about them. Yeah. And I don't know if the if Shamar Moore and if AJ Cook actually knew anything about them either. I assume they had to know something. Well, I would guess, you know, I would guess that they had, you know, like actors do created their own backstory for their character. Like we knew JJ was from a small town. Mm hmm. You know, that kind of stuff. I assume they got, like, a bullet point list of things that are absolutely certain from the writers. But, like, I don't know if they knew the extent of, like, like profile or profiled. You know what I mean? Derek must have known. Just because that's season two. Yeah. Or Shamar must have known. Because that was season two. I mean, so soon. You know? But, like, JJ's sister thing. JJ says she has a niece in this episode. She says, I have a niece who's eight. Yeah. So clearly her backstory was not conceived yet because <laughs> she doesn't. Actually, JJ did have an older sister who died and now she's kind of an only child whose niece. Like, does, does JJ have other siblings or is it just? No, no. JJ only has Roz. This is so, this is very, very clearly established in an episode in season 14 called The Tall Man where somebody dies in JJ's hometown. And they have to go back. And she has this whole thing about like, when I left after high school, I swore I would never go back. Like I've never been back home since I left high school. Mm-hmm. And like, we learn all about, we like, she like solves basically the the crime of her sister's death. Um, And there's like a lot of stuff about it that when I watched this episode, I was like kids dying in the woods of a small town by the boogeyman. And then like to have seen this episode in season 14 where it's all about JJ's hometown has a legend of the tall man who's like a guy in the woods who's super tall and he like kills children. So it was like, <laughs> where was that in this episode? <laughs> you know, like I literally like watched this whole episode having like knowing the future of the show. And I was like, this would have been a great, like, like the way North Mammon is, this would have been a great JJ backstory episode, except no one had fucking written JJ's backstory yet. <laughs> she didn't have they had one. Like three bullet points on a sticky note somewhere, and yeah. that was it, besties. Yeah, it was like JJ from small town. JJ have niece. That's it. And then they scribbled over JJ have niece in pen later on, and they're like, and wrote, JJ have dead sister. <laughs> yeah, JJ have exactly. dead sister. Exactly. Yeah. It's really funny because like I've read fan fiction that people wrote during this time period and it's always like JJ's got a brother mm-hmm. or like another sibling with a, like a kid, you know, and I'm just like, I can't read this because it's, it is now incorrect, actually. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Also, North Mammon is next episode. James. My heart. James, North Mammon is next episode. Okay. Let's get into this shit. Let's get into this. So we do get a little previously on of the previous episode, which I was like, that was la- like that was last episode. That was like last week. Like guys. <laughs> we know. Like that. Yeah, I mean, and there are other flashbacks of like the guy stabbing out, but also those flashbacks were in last <laughs> week's episode. I just thought it was like so weird. It was like remember that story I told you last week? Here's a quick one down before I tell you the next part. But I was like. It's like it happened. It was last week. week. Yeah, so we like see Elle getting shot. The beginning of last week's case, Elle going undercover, um, her like putting the gun out and going to the car. 
Um, and then when the guy leaves and then her shooting, it was literally just, again, the episode condensed to its essential L plot line points. Which makes me think, why did I watch that whole fucking episode if you could condense it so easily, y'all? It's exactly how I felt about Fisher King. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, so that whole episode could have been like a five minute montage. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for that one. Thanks. Okay. So the episode starts with L coming into Hotch's office. And she's like, oh, I got your message. What do you want? And he has William Lee's case file, who is the guy that she shot. And he says, like, after the internal investigation got done, like, they declared that, like, they believed her story. They think it was self-defense. Um, you know, but Hotch is like, even though they've said that, I'm requesting a psychological evaluation. And Elle is, like, offended. She like, also, by the way... Shrink looks so oh my god good this is this she's the hottest in this episode that she has ever been the button up <laughs> all the way up the oh, blue all the way to oh. The, oh. and then she's in like that tight shirt mm-hmm. later mm-hmm. the red the <laughs> hair on point like like Lola Claudini was like I'm gonna look so fucking good and then I'm gonna leave <laughs> just like hey can can y'all really like go to town on me this episode because it is my last one can y'all really like it's my last episode get your shit together please and then the makeup department did did it really did yeah (laughs) uh so she's like all offended uh what i thought was really interesting one thing that frustrated me was like l saying she doesn't need a shrink because she shot this guy but like Clearly she does. You do need a shrink and you know you need a shrink. <laughs> yeah. And like the number of times that like, clearly she's coping with like trusting people who in her mind have then let her down, who almost got her killed. Like that shit you need therapy for, Bessie. Um, he's like, Hotch says, you know, oh, I've noticed how like nervous and like intense you've been. You know, I can recognize hypervigilance. Your first evaluation is in an hour. And then Elle just says, not everyone is an unsub and leaves. I think. Yeah. I, okay. We'll get to this more like later, I guess, or kind of, but like Elle is really trying to like gaslight Hotch in this she episode. Really is. She is really on her like. Gaslight. Keep gaslight. Yes. She is on her like. Like we've been. Gaslighting <laughs> shit. We've been joking about that. And then I watched this episode and I was like, no, she's actually fully trying to be like, Hutch, it was self-defense. Why don't you think it was self-defense? Why don't you believe me, Hutch? Why would I, why would I just kill so, someone? So keep <laughs> gaslight girl boss of her. <laughs> I, was, I was shocked. I didn't remember it being so just like, in her defense, like so intense. And at the end, she's like, if I had to go back and do it all again, I wouldn't change a thing. And he says, even though you killed somebody and she's just like, uh, and just like shrugs. Like, <laughs> I was, damn, I was like, bitch. Uh. <laughs> damn. Um, she's really like, at the end of last episode, we did like girl boss or girl murder. Right. This week, it is definitely, like, girl murder, but also yes. very much gaslight. Gaslight, yeah. 
It was weird. It was very weird. It was a weird energy in the studio. <laughs> and I really, I couldn't tell if it was like Lola's acting choices or like the direction. Like, why would they make Elle like this in her last episode? Like, that's what really, like, I'd almost wish she wasn't in this episode. Like, I wish she had gotten in the car and then the next episode they'd been like, she decided to go back to Seattle and then just like cut. Like I would like this episode for me is so weird. It's like part of me wants to be like either stand by what you did and get, get in trouble, I guess, or like leave. Like, why are you still trying to do this job? I think the point of this sort of episode is that she isn't like trying to do the job anymore like she's just trying to make sure nobody comes after her when she leaves is sort of how i read it it was very much a don't follow me when i go here is my badge whatever interesting yeah i guess so i very much read it as a don't follow me when i go i think i kind of like i couldn't tell like if she wanted to leave or not you know, because like she didn't quit after that. And I, I think if Hotch hadn't ordered the psyche valve, she may not have gone anywhere. Yeah. You know, she might have just kept going, kept working, which isn't good. And I'm glad Hotch, like he didn't like fire her, but like, you know, I think he would have. Um, But yeah, it was a really interesting, like, I couldn't tell what her, what she wanted. You know, and I think that's that I think that's why I'm really just like I don't really like her in this episode. I don't know what she wants. I don't know what her motivations are, like Yeah. Okay, you killed the guy, you're not sorry about it, but like are you now conflicted about working this? Are you job? gonna keep being in the FBI? Yeah. yeah, like what is up here? Yeah, that was like really Interesting. I would have loved an episode in like eight seasons where Elle just like shows back up as an unsub. Oh my god. But like one of those unsubs, like she's out there like killing rapists or something. You yeah. Know? And like she shows up and you like you get it, you know? Like you get like, yeah, they suck, kill rapists. But at the same time, like you can't just go around murdering people, you know? I would have loved like a morally gray. Ooh, that would have been so fun if they could have gotten Lola Gladini back. Yeah, like, oh. imagine, like, Elle is back to being, like, working in, like, the she's now, like, a police officer, like, a detective in Seattle, and she calls them because there's a serial killer, but in reality, she, like, is the serial killer, or, like, her boss calls them when she's the killer, and she has to, like, help them solve the case, but, like, is the unsub, yeah. you know, and she's, like trying to make amends with everybody but like she's the answer she you know? is the killer yeah yeah oh, but that, that would have been so fucking cool i kept honestly i kept waiting for al to come back i also did too not like join the team come back but like appear again in the show yeah i was also very much waiting when i the first time i watched the show through from beginning to season 13 where i just kind of <laughs> cut off randomly for no reason um i was just waiting for Elle to come back yeah i really really was especially like i wanted her to come back and have to like face Derek and penelope and reed and hodge 
you know, and then to like meet maybe Emily or Alex, like whoever was in her position, you know, like meet the new her, you know, and like Gideon's gone. Like it would have been a great, like, like if that had happened, I would feel differently about this episode, you know, but because this is like a resolution with Elle, I'm dissatisfied. Yeah, this is a weird resolution. Let's keep going. Let's keep talking about it. So she says, not everyone's an unsub. She leaves the office. Cool. Then we see five kids in a park. Um, many of which are famous now. One of which is Elle Sup- Fanning. A surprising amount of, ki- of kids in this episode ended up being very famous. Yeah. Like a solid four out of five. Like Elle Fanning is here. <laughs> the most famous. Like... The guy who played Ian Gallagher on Shameless is here. Cameron Monaghan. One of them was on like all every season of Dexter. <laughs> it's like, like okay, <laughs> guess, very wow. much like okay, kids, go off. I guess. Go like, off, I guess. Yeah, one of them is congrats. in sixteen episodes of True Blood. Like some of the like. Wow. Anyway, go down through the IMDb page for this episode. It's kind of buck wild, y'all. <laughs> Uh, the first time, though, I didn't know that about any of the boys. But when the first time, I was just like, is that Elf Fanning? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> shocked. It's like, what the fuck? I was like, you're so famous now. Okay. Um. <laughs> anyway, two of the boys are telling a story of how there was like a kid walking alone in the woods and he stepped in some blood. And then he turned around and he started running because he was being chased. And then he ran into this old man who had like fangs with blood dripping from them and he was like tortured and eaten uh and it's cut with like what we assume are flashbacks and oh like they are flashbacks i thought i think the first time i watched this i was like oh they're like animating the story you know they're like putting in like Mm -hmm. what the kids are saying yeah uh no he actually did die um and but the kids point out the house up on the hill and they're like that's old man finnegan's house it's it's haunted (laughs) it's super haunted yeah and then um we're so we're seeing the flashes of the kid and then it cuts to a picture of that kid dead and jj's talking he's the second boy to die in ozona texas in the past two months uh both of them were beaten found in the woods uh and then Derek asks if they're connected, and she goes, I mean, it's a population of 2,500, so everyone's kind of connected. Um, Yeah, and the kids were hunted and then beaten to death. It was really, like, intense way for kids to die. You know what I mean? Like, for how lighthearted they are this episode and, like, the jokes they crack, like, these children are getting beaten to death in the woods. (laughs) Are we? (laughs) Well, it's, it's, it's really it is weird. It's black outside here. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Wow. You've got some like fun, frucky, fresh energy, and I've got some milkshake. It certainly does not. I mean, honestly, kind of thriving. I'm very tired, though, but it's okay. We'll get there. That's okay. I thought it was interesting that Gideon was the one reminding Hotch of that. Can we talk about that? How's this? I thought that was really, like, weird. 
not like weird, but like interesting that Gideon was the one. How's this? Nice. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> This was mm-hmm. an okay. odd episode. <laughs> like, L stuff aside, like the main case, there was a lot of joking from the team, which was fun, but I was also just kind of like, huh. <laughs> okay. There's yeah, like, there's like lots just, of making fun of I just pe- thought it was interesting that Gideon was the one being like, she is innocent until proven guilty, especially in lieu of what happens later with Gideon. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that he was the one to be like, hey, remember, like, tamper yourself here. But he also, like, remember at the end of Broken Mirror when Rita's like, man, how did Elle, like, get the truth out of that guy or whatever? And Gideon's like, you don't want to know. Don't ask questions. You like, shouldn't have the answer to like he's always been covering for al yeah i guess he has always been covering for both the kids kind of i just always think of him as like spencer's number one fan but i guess now that you mention it he has always been sort of an l stan (laughs) yes he has he's been an l stan (laughs) i think it's fun if we refer to like really old men as like stans (laughs) of something i just think it's funny actually because I know if there's one thing that'll make Gideon fans mad, it's me calling him an <laughs> L-Stanny. And so I think I'm going to do it, actually. So no, but you're right. I thought it was super weird. I also think it's interesting that Gideon, like, or not Gideon, that Hotch is just assuming she's guilty. Like, he really yeah. is like, I don't give a fuck what your evaluation says. Like, we know that she is. Yeah, but like, he doesn't. But like... He just thinks so. Yeah. One one thing I wish they had brought up was that why was Elle even at the guy's house? Yeah. Like, that's something no one mentions. Hotch is like, yeah, the internal investigations, like, believes you that you went to his house to question him. But it was like, why the that's fuck weird. was Elle at his house? Yeah. Like, that was the thing to me that I was, like, waiting for someone to bring up, like, like, so the guy gets released. Elle turns on her boss and is like, what the fuck? This is your fault. Why would you do this? Gideon is like, go cool off and think about what you're capable of. And then she goes to the guy's house. Like that alone. Is weird. It's like, why were you at his, Why were you? you? We can't question this man. That's why we had to let him go was because we couldn't question him. And now you went to his house. <laughs> I don't care if it was self-defense. You shouldn't have been there. <laughs> it's just so like... So that's what gets me. Not, nobody brought that up. And I was like, that's the big flag, red flag <laughs> for me, honestly. Why was he there? Why, why was she there in why the first was she place? There? Why, was she, why was she at the house? Yeah. Anyway, that's why I think Hotch is suspicious is because he was like, why was L there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah um okay Gideon is like I'll go to Texas you go find Elle so Hotch goes to her apartment and she walks out with like an overnight bag and he calls her she also is she like coming out it looks like she's coming out of like a hotel he says later it's her apartment building 
wasn't she like didn't she like live yes. in a house house i mean i assume she moved okay fair you know what that's fair actually <laughs> never mind i wouldn't stay in a house i got shot in either i completely forgot i'm like okay yeah fair enough you can yeah. move i guess so she moves to an apartment building just as shitty yeah like okay it's not a shitty car but it's a stupid looking car um <laughs> anyway he calls her and she like looks at her phone and then just throws her whole phone in the trash <laughs> Don't you need that? She's just like, bye, and just throws it away. Yeah. Like, okay, I guess it's 2006, so, like, phones aren't, like, that important, but, like, James, is there a circumstance on... Is there, like, a reasonable circumstance that you would just throw your entire phone in the trash? Maybe so, like, she can't be tracked on it? Because Garcia could have tracked her. That's the only thing, but also, like, then keep your phone off. But then just, like, turn your phone off. Yeah, I wouldn't. Just turn your phone off. Take the SIM card out. Throw it away. Just toss it in the trash. Like. It just made me really, like, laugh way too hard that she, like, tossed it in the trash. And then, like, I don't know how many times they had to do this shot, but the trash bag absolutely, like, collapses in on itself <laughs> yeah. after she tosses her There's tiny nothing little else flip in there. phone in the trash. It just made there. me laugh really hard. I, w- I don't know why that scene makes me laugh so hard. I wonder if this is supposed to be, like, you know, she says not ev- not everyone is an unsub. And then, like, Hotch calls her and she throws her phone away with her go bag. I just, like, wonder if it's we're supposed to be, like, is she going to go running. kill someone? Yeah, she's running, like, I don't know. That's what I think they're trying to set up is, like, she is running away. Also, where the fuck is her father buried? Like, did she... I guess fucking New York. Did she have to... Did she drive to New York? And did Hotch also... Dri- yeah, but that's, like hours three hours no it's many it's more it's like three or four hours okay hold up hold up hold up i've done the drive the drive they're gonna say it's not that long but then when you get to the bridge yeah it's very long actually it's like four hours ish it's like four hours and then you get stuck in traffic to get into the city i've done the drive maybe he's like buried on like the outskirts of the city or something maybe he's you know like a suburb or whatever so yeah he's probably like a new york city cop yeah yeah i don't know anyway yeah i assume i don't know like can people still get buried within the city limits of new york i feel like it's probably all full isn't it i think also his headstone said navy on it so maybe he was maybe he was in arlington in which case that is right there ish yeah so maybe like wasn't that far i just was like where are you supposed to be right now? Like, um, they're just somewhere. Don't worry about it. They're just somewhere. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, she throws away her cell phone, drives away, and he's all like, and drives after her. <laughs> it's, very, it's very funny. It's very like, dad following his angsty teenage daughter to find out where she goes at night you know like it's very much like i guess i'm following you to this fucking like punk rave or wherever you're going like i guess we're here now like you know we're here now (laughs) guess we're here now they're on the plane reed is like oh my god did you hear like l got cleared that means it was a good hit and jj goes well she hit what she was aiming for (laughs) 
he's like, the way Rita's like, hey, it was a good shoot. And JJ is just like, she straight up murdered a man, but okay. <laughs> yeah, like- yeah, she hit what she was aiming for. And he's like, that's not what I meant. And she's like, I know. And then she and Derek like make eye contact and like laugh. <laughs> and part of me is like, oh, everyone but Reed is like, nah, she murdered that man. <laughs> yeah, like everybody on every like level except paper. Yes. Everybody knows. thinks that she killed that man because she did. Because she for did. For good reason. Oh, 100%. But it felt very much like, <sighs> do you ever have the experience? I don't know if you, you, you may, you might've had this experience. Hmm. The first time I brought like a girlfriend home to like meet my family or whatever, um, me and the other gay cousin had this moment where um, my aunt was like talking to my girlfriend and she was like, oh my God, like I'm so like happy you're so close with B or whatever. And then my other gay cousin and I just had this moment of like, mm-hmm, close. That's definitely the term you're looking for. I feel like JJ and Derek had like a, uh-huh, sure, definitely moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. They're definitely really good friends and roommates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's very much yeah. like that. Rita's like, so it was okay that she shot that guy. It was fine. And JJ and Derek just, like, look at each other and they're like, yeah, great aim. <laughs> <laughs> From point blank range, great aim. Anyway. Yeah. So then Derek is like, well, if she got cleared and... Like, it's all fine. Where is she? And where's Hotch? And Gideon's like, focus on the case. (laughs) He very much had to, like, shut the kids up. (laughs) Also, though, I will say, JJ's character takes kind of, like, a turn in this episode in a good way. She gets very sassy. Like, the whole, like, yeah, she hit what she was aiming for. And then, like, the telling them the story later. Mm -hmm. It's very just, I was like, Okay, JJ. Yeah, yeah, and then it, and then next episode is like, okay, here's what JJ's here's JJ's personality. It has arrived. Like, yeah, <laughs> the train is finally starting to pull into the station when it comes to JJ personality moments. Yeah, yeah, like she has like the she has like the like sparks at the beginning because I think just AJ Cook can is just good. Yeah, it's just good has chemistry on camera. Um, but this is the like this episode when she go, when she's she's kind of like a bitch and <laughs> she's just like. Yeah, all right. El yeah. It was like, Way. And then uh, they start talking about the kids. It's Robbie and Nicholas are the two boys' names. Uh, they say it's weird because there's no sexual motivation. And usually with young uh, children, there's sexual motivation. And Gideon says, like, well, the guy must just be taking, like, pleasure in the kill. Um, and then it's like, so if they're not, like, sexually interested, then why kill young males? And they give a few examples of like, it could be an older brother who abused him or bullies. Like, so maybe it's, he's like enacting a revenge fantasy basically Mm -hmm. on these boys. Um, And then JJ gets a phone call and she's like, yeah, it's not that. The last victim was an 11 year old girl whose name we never get. Nope. Um, And then they're like, well, what the fuck? Why did it suddenly change? Like maybe the girl wasn't the target. She just like got in the way. And then Gideon's like, no, maybe like a sex doesn't matter. Like it's so fast paced, like, you know, whatever. And they're like, okay, well, how do we keep, keep more kids safe? They have the idea of the enforced curfew. And then this is where Derek says like, no kid should like be aware of like 
the dangers that lurk in the woods kind of thing. And this is where JJ's like, um, the woods are the only thing I was afraid of growing up. And then Derek's like, didn't you grow up in like a small town? And she's like, yeah, Derek, a small town surrounded by woods. (laughs) (laughs) I God, I love her in this episode. She's she's straight up like, she's like fucking idiot. Like, yeah, there were woods woods around the town. Yeah. Yeah. Woods exist everywhere, bestie. Come on. So funny. Keep up. Yeah. And then Derek says, oh, yeah, I was afraid of the dark. And we'd go, some of us still are. And then JJ and Derek once again make eye contact. (laughs) They are about to team up to bully the younger brother so bad. (laughs) I like that as soon as Elle is out of the picture, JJ's like, oh, thank God. Now I can be the bitchy one. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God somebody doesn't need to balance out that energy. Now I can just bring that energy. (laughs) JJ is fully just like, there couldn't be two big bitches on the team. But now that Elle's gone, (laughs) I can be mean. (laughs) I can do this now. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Um, And then Gideon. Okay, this really stuck out to me because there's only four people on the plane. Gideon goes... Morgan Reed, you go to the first crime scene. I'll go to the latest crime scene. Nothing on JJ. <laughs> I was like, literally, Gideon, you mentioned everyone except for one person. Like, I just at least want them to be like, JJ, go to the station. And they do that later. They'll be like, yeah. JJ They're will like- be like, okay, I'll go talk to these people. Or they'll be like, JJ, you go talk to the family, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's just so glaring right now. Gideon turns around to look at the three other people in front of him. And he goes, you two, do this. And then he looks at JJ and he just, and I'm going to go to like, okay. <laughs> okay. Gideon goes to the original. Oh, Gideon goes to the original scene. The other two go to the other scene. Um, he goes to Nicholas's kill, like the site where Nicholas's body was found. And the sheriff says, I think Sheriff Jones says like, it's a weird dump site. And Gideon goes, it wasn't the dump site. He was killed here. Like, but it's weird because there's no struggle. Nobody heard anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sheriff says something so sad where he's like, more kids have died in the past few weeks than like in my entire lifetime. And all of the other ones were like car accidents. Yeah. And you're like, wow, this is a real small town, huh? 2,500. That's a small town. There were more people in my high school than in this town. (laughs) Yeah. Small town. Small towns, dude. Yeah. I'm surprised. Let's just say this. I am surprised a town of this size has a guidance counselor, to be very frank with you. That is so true. I am surprised that this town has a guidance counselor. Yes. I'm surprised this town has its own school. Why are you not lumped in with a bunch of other towns? It's probably like a K through twelve. Yeah, that's fair. Or it's probably like a K through eight, and then they go to the next town for the high school. Yeah, it's just I'm so used to like small towns that all like band together. So you have high schools that are just like five letters as the name. It's like <laughs> Kingsley, Pierceland, Ruthven, Ayrshire, or whatever. It's <laughs> it's KCPRMMRPG. There you go. That's the <laughs> high school name. You know what I mean? Like. So I'm honestly just like really surprised this town has a guidance counselor. It's so funny. I'm like, we have such opposite high school experiences. There were 3,300 kids in my high school and I was one of 10 high schools in a 20 mile radius. Like, yeah, 
can't relate. 150 in my graduating class. Yeah, there were 790 kids in my graduating class. Like that's fucking insane to me. My my graduating class was larger than some of my friends' high schools. Like the whole high school. Yeah. Yeah. Wild to me. Your graduating class was nearly double the size of my high school. Gideon says the killer was smart and methodical. He might have like hid the weapon beforehand. And the sheriff says he, the sheriff is like methodical. Like that doesn't make sense. Like he beat this kid's head in with a baseball bat. Like that's a rage killing. And Gideon's like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. And I was worried we were going to get another fucking <laughs> split personalities or <laughs> two killers. Yeah. I was like, oh, God. Luckily, this kid is just fucked up. <laughs> Luckily, this unsub is just a little fucked up, y'all. Luckily, it was just a uh, ginger <laughs> with a dairy allergy, which did make me laugh. <laughs> it does make me laugh. I don't know why. Like literally just like a ginger with a dairy allergy. He gets caught because of his dairy allergy. Like, love that for him. Okay, then we go to Morgan and Reed, and the other scene, uh, this girl was killed a quarter mile from the other two kids, and the killing wasn't exactly the same. She was beaten after her death. And they say, like, the killer's getting brazen because he spent more time with his victims after the death. Um, <laughs> also, when... They're like, no one goes to the woods. And then like Derek looks over and there's just like a hunting zone sign on the tree, which I'm sure is real. But like the convenience of Derek just like <laughs> looking over and being like, or to go hunting and having literally a sign to point to. I was like, all right. Okay. <laughs> so then they think it's a hunter who's lived there his whole life. <laughs> cool. Um. Okay, here's the thing. I liked the way they did these split scenes. I did too. Because normally we end up getting like information twice or whatever, but this is literally like Gideon is like, here's what we're going to do. And then it just cuts to JJ talking about what we're going to do. And then she goes, any more questions? And then it cuts to somebody at the other scene asking a question. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay. They finally, I think they kind of finally figured out how they wanted to pace these things that like didn't feel too fast or too slow. I think they yeah. finally kind of figured out a nice middle ground. Yeah, and I think in the future, they stop doing this unless it's absolutely necessary. They get better at like, here's one conversation and then the other conversation. Or if they they do, you know, want to do like a split kind of thing, it's like the one person starts the meeting and then the other person finishes it and then it moves on. You know, like they don't do so much of this just like back and forth and back and forth. Mm -hmm. craziness like the fucking popular kids that was like four different <laughs> scenes all going back and forth this one though like makes sense because there's a very clue clear like through line through yeah. all of these scenes that they cut through i think they got better at clarifying their through lines you know what i mean yes for sure and i also think it's like they're in they're both at the school you know and it's like yeah. the kids and then the adults and i liked that because it's like they would have to give the adults and the kids information and they would need you know. to like yeah they would need to like separate it out where like jj and Derek, by the way are the two assigned to like talk to the kids which i think is very fun and very cute yeah. they would be such legendarily good aunts and uncles i just oh have to say this oh my god oh my god no Derek is the best uncle to henry and michael 
Oh, exactly. And then JJ is like the aunt that shows up and is like, I brought a bunch of presents for Hank. Get out of my way, Derek. You're for the kid. Like, you know, it's mom, it's mom JJ time. (laughs) Exactly. It's so fun. Totally. I just think they're they're a fun choice to do like the kids the thing. Kid stuff, yeah. I think they're cute. Especially be- what I really like about this episode, at least until JJ falls into that like more maternal role, it's like they're like mean and sassy, and then they're like very good with children. Yeah, and they're like, <laughs> everybody needs to use the buddy system. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't and, know, I just like it. Yeah. Cause it's like, hey, you can be like an asshole and sarcastic to other adults, but that doesn't preclude you from being like good with kids. Yeah. Like I am a dick to most adults. I'll fully admit that. But like, if you're under like the age of twelve, I got your back, little buddy. I got 12 you. Twelve and worry. up, fuck you. Twelve and up, you're on the <laughs> fucking ice. But like twelve and below, bestie, I got you. I got your back. <laughs> Remember that time we had a whole conversation about whether or not we could take a twelve-year-old boy. <laughs> Still legendary moment from this podcast. I'm not going to lie to you. Somebody is going to dig that up in like years and we'll be like, holy shit, I don't remember that conversation at all. I don't give a fuck if it is my son. I would murder that boy. (laughs) I would fucking kick a 12 year old. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Oh no. When this is done, we need like a super cut of all the time we've talked about just like beating children. <laughs> okay. Somebody, one of our listeners, I trust one of you guys. Go fucking wild besties. I give you permission. Download this podcast, remix it however you want. Fuck it. Give me the super cut of like me talking about beating a 12 year old. Okay. So there's the guidance counselor whose name is James Charles. Yeah. Hey, guys. And like James Charles is probably like five during this episode, yeah. right? But it, I did, I was Holy. like, I was like, oh, topical. <laughs> I was like, yeah, y'all didn't know how badly that average uh, white person name was gonna age, did ya? <laughs> he, uh, James Charles is a guiding counselor for the school. He's talking to the parents with Reed and Gideon, and he's basically being like, blah blah blah. We need to take care of this. Listen to Gideon; he's helping. And then I'll go back to what JJ says, but it cuts to JJ and Derek who explain the buddy system. And then Nicholas's mom asks about the red hat. If Nicholas's hat had been found and it hadn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then James Charles sets a curfew for like 5 PM. I also want to say, I do think it's, I do think it's very good that they sort of like, Again, I think it's weird that this small ass town has a guidance counselor, but I do like that, like, that makes sense to me in like a small town. The guidance counselor would pull double duty during something like this. Mm -hmm. Like, I can remember in in high school when there was a murder in my town and the guidance counselor did pull double duty of like helping inform us all and like quell the fears of our parents and like go to the police station and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I, I think sense. it was very emblematic of small towns that like everybody's just like pulling their weight and it's just like, I don't know, makes sense. And yeah. I like him sort of as the community insert, I guess. Yeah, I feel like, you know, sometimes it's a priest, they use a priest. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like the guidance counselor. Sometimes it's just like, you know, a sports team coach. Like they, they find the like 
person that everyone would believe would step up and kind of be a community rallying yeah. point. Yeah. And I, 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 I just like that. I think it's a good thing to point out because sometimes <laughs> shows really get it wrong or they like don't have that sort of like community insert. Yeah. And like it feels weird. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So they set a curfew for five. So then uh, while this is happening, JJ and Derek are talking to the kids and they explain the buddy system. And then there's like a really sad moment where Derek is like, do you have any questions? And this girl raises her hand and she's like, um, I've heard on the news about kids that just get snatched from in front of their house. Like, is that going to happen to us? And JJ and Derek exchange a look that's like, yes. But instead, Derek is like, not if you use the buddy system. Yeah. Uh, rap, rough stuff. Um, okay. So then it's three of the boys from before at the old man's house. Old man Finnegan. And at the creepy house on the hill. Yeah, the house on the hill. And they're trying to convince the one to ring the doorbell. And one of them is like, I did it when I was five. Which is like, okay. Um, These two are just like absolutely the worst, but I do enjoy them. I think yeah, they're funny. I do. <laughs> I love it when kids are little shits. <laughs> <laughs> when it's not my problem, I love it when little yes. kids cause problems. I think it's very funny. That is very funny, yes. <laughs> um, okay. The one kid starts like going up the steps, and then the two other boys like run away. <laughs> yeah. And he like <laughs> the one on the steps that like, goes to the front door, and you hear like a crunch, and he turns around and the camera zooms in on him and like um it's hilarious. Uh, and then we just got like a brief like thing of Hotch still following Al. Okay. Then we're at the police station. Um, I liked this police station. It was very it small, a- but it was like homey. Yeah, it had a good layout. It was like a little it cabin. It's like all yeah, wood. Yeah, vibes for a police station. Yeah. In Texas. <laughs> it's, it's very much the small town police station where they just like show up, shoot the shit. And every now and then they're like, yeah. Ah, Winston yeah. got drunk again. Get in the tank. Like, you know, they don't get like, in the drunk get, tank. Yeah. <laughs> get in the drunk tank. But like, other than that, nothing ever happens, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I enjoy that. Uh, so then they start talking about the profile. It's someone who's fit, shy, kind. He might be small because he's doing after kids. And then a pregnant woman comes in with like a little boy. And she's like, my son is missing. He was last seen after school. So then everyone, as soon as she says that, everyone just like turns around and goes back to work. And like the noise picks up and the woman is like starting to hyperventilate. And Gigi's like, ma'am. And just like helps her sit down. And it's like, are you okay? How's it going? Hey, how you doing? Uh, and then she says, oh, I have a niece that's eight. They're resourceful at that age. Um, what if this was a lie like Jordan Todd? Jordan Todd's lie this, later. I think this might have been a lie. I'm going to headcan this. It's just like a lie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just like a, it. it's just a lie. <laughs> um, so then Gideon comes over and asks the boy like how he's doing. And he's like, you look like you have a secret. What's your secret? Uh, I like that Gideon is the one to like zero in on this kid yeah because like hey gideon's been doing this job a long time he's pretty good at reading people yeah i feel like sometimes we forget that in all of his weird like old man mannerisms (laughs) but like he's good at this job yes uh and he gets the kid to say that like 
Oh, he said he was only going to ring the doorbell. And then he went up to the haunted house on the hill. Uh, and the sheriff and James Charles are like, oh, yeah, like that's old Finnegan's place. Like, you know, there's always the legend that, you know, the legend that he like hunts boys and then like skins and eats them and whatever. And, you and know. the sheriff is like, you know, normal stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's like, normal stuff. You know, Tell normal legend. shit. Yeah. And James <laughs> Charles is like, yeah, that's been a legend like since I was like, since I was a kid. Like, mm-hmm. no one, be- you know, no, no one believes it. But then Derek is like, town legends are usually rooted in some sort of truth. That's going to like, hits hard. <laughs> it does hit hard. And it is, and it is rooted in truth, but not the truth you think it is. Yeah. Um, we'll get back to that. Okay. Then we get to the graveyard, Robert Greenaway. And Al is like, I'm sorry, dad. <laughs> Uh, and then you hear like the leaves crunching and Elle's like, you came here. And uh, and then she says, she has this, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't like, like not to tell a victim of trauma how to feel, but Elle's a fake person and they could have done this better. Um, <laughs> she says, I always, like I really wanted to be a part of the team, but when I needed my team the most, I was alone. Like, bestie. Like I get where she's coming from. Like, yeah, you were alone at the house, and you shouldn't have been. But like, Hotch didn't send this dude to shoot you. Hotch was like, "You're falling asleep on the couch at work. Go home and take a fucking nap and come back." And then Al does, and there just happens to be a bad guy there. Like, that's not Hotch letting her down. The only way I can almost see Elle's point of view here is because of what Gideon told the team to do, which is go wide with the press release about the thing at the time. And yeah, so that's what Gideon. triggered the rules in faction that made him go shoot up. But yes, exactly. Like, if anything, I think it would be Gideon's fault more so than Hotch's. Yes. Or even like Anderson, who just fucking dropped her off. Dropped her off at home. Yeah, left. again, Anderson, your fault, bud. 100% your fault, also, bud. Also, like, not to victim blame Elle, but you left your house windows open while taking an international vacation. <laughs> <laughs> not to victim blame, but this is a fictional person, and I think it's funny if we shit on her. Yeah, yeah what the fuck? I like... just, the writers, the writers did not do Elle justice um really in this moment like i wish i wish it had been more like l could have been like i thought i could handle the pressure i thought i could handle the risks i thought i could stay like you know distant from the cases but i was wrong and when i got hurt it just really brought home how like overwhelming all of this has been you know, and I don't want to have to hide myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm leaving, you know, and like, you know, like it could have been a moment of L self-discovery and not L pointing at Hotch and saying, you let me down and I almost died because of you like that. I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, not to victim blame, but she is a fictional person on tv maybe take a little bit more personal responsibility here babes just a little bit 
I I don't know. I think they wanted her to go out in this like place of glory. And instead it just came off as like really shallow. Like I almost wish, like I wish Elle had been allowed that emotional vulnerability. Like what if when she was in the house waiting for the guy to show up, she had an anxiety attack and the mission failed because she couldn't handle waiting for someone to invade her home. You know, like what if it turned out to be like a PTSD Mm -hmm. thing? And then, and then when Hotch is like, you need an evaluation, Elle is like, I don't want the answers. And that's when she leaves and she goes to her father's grave. And, you know, when Hotch shows up, Elle's like, you're right. Like, I do need help, um, but I'm not going to get it at the FBI. I'm not going to get it with the BAU. And so she leaves. Like, I feel like this was a real chance to give Elle an emotional moment, but they, they decided in the beginning that Elle was this like tough as nails doesn't give a shit Brooklyn, you know, crime fighter. And they couldn't allow her to be vulnerable. I think, I think Elle is someone who sees emotional vulnerability as weakness. And instead of using that to help her grow, they just leaned into that and gave her this, you know, mediocre reason to leave. Yeah. Anyway, I don't I don't like what they did with that. I think it was the wrong move. I think this whole episode was sort of a letdown on the L part, but I think every other part of it was good, but the L part was such a central letdown of this episode. Yeah, especially because they like the way the last episode ended with L shot the guy in the lights and the she looks all smug and like all this kind of shit, and then this episode she's like, "Why weren't you there when I needed you? Why do you keep thinking <laughs> I killed somebody on purpose?" Uh, even though I did. Even though I did. Why are you so mean to me? Let women come murder it was like they really ended last episode as if she was like badass bitch doesn't give a shit blah 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 take no shit kill people girl boss and girl murder yeah and then this episode it was just like gaslight (laughs) (laughs) gaslight but with like a A little like shrug emoji yeah with like that little "Mm," you know yeah um okay so she's he's he basically says like you know I don't have any proof that you did anything. If I did, you wouldn't be here. Obviously, I'd be arresting you. And she's like, she goes, why do you think, like, why, do, why don't you believe me, Hodge? And he's like, anyway, you can't keep working at the FBI like this. What are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn, okay. So, okay, now it's nighttime. They're going to the Hill House. Uh, Reed and Gideon search the outbuildings. Morgan and the sheriff search the house. The door is open. They go inside. No answer when they yell. There's no power. They're like scoping it out. Okay. Reed and Gideon are looking through the outbuildings. Reed gets jump scared like three times this episode. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this poor boy cannot catch a fucking break. He's gonna like pee himself. Um, he's like looking through the thing and then he turns around and comes like face to face with like a deer head on a wall and like screams. Yeah. Yeah, and so back in the house, the sheriff is like, Finnegan isn't here, the boy isn't here. Maybe Finnegan like hasn't been here for a while. And Morgan says, no, look, this newspaper is here. It's from today, so someone's in the house. So then Reed and Gideon find the kid in the stairwell. He's like hiding. He didn't want like the old man to get him. He just got like mm-hmm. spooked by a tree branch. He was loving. Yeah. So, oh, this is so funny. Reed is in the house on the phone with Garcia, 
And she keeps like being like, <laughs> she's also just back at Quantico, just like knitting. Like she is literally just like doing her thing. She has like the guy's information up on one screen, and like, yeah, just <laughs> she's scaring just the vibing. shit out of Reed. Yeah. I think it's so funny. She's literally just yeah. having a great time right now. Oh yeah. So she talks about how like people have called the cops on the house but like it's all been false alarms but like there is his wife who went missing 50 years ago maybe she's still in the house maybe she <laughs> never left and reads like seriously Garcia, fucking stop it <laughs> everybody loves bullying spencer reed Everyone. and i'm here for it i yeah. think it's funny Garcia's like what if he chopped her up into little pieces and buried her around the house and her ghost still haunts it and reads like i'm hanging up <laughs> and so he hangs up but he hears this creaking and he's like looking around and then he turns around and Derek is just like there and he <laughs> screams and I, wrote- I also love that Derek did not look like he wasn't even like trying to scare Spencer. No, he, he was, was just literally there. just standing there like, yeah. Oh, OK, sorry. Yeah. And he goes, wow, you really are afraid of the dark. And he goes, yeah, I'm working on that. And Derek says, I think you should work a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this episode, very funny. Very funny. <laughs> like, and what for what? There? So good. Exactly. Yeah. OK. Um... Then they're okay, so then everyone's going through the house with the flashlights and they see guns and they're like, Why didn't he shoot them with a gun? Like he has guns. He goes hunting in the woods. Why doesn't he have a gun? Why did were the boys killed not with a gun? Uh, but then when they're starting to change their mind, they realize the two dead or the three dead kids' backpacks are in the house. Yeah. Trophies. I like how they did this, by the way, where they like pick up a lunchbox and it just has the kid's name written on it in Sharpie oh, like your mom would do for your lunchbox. God, I know. Like, I was like, that is so realistic. That I know, is it's so like real. so sad. It's like a tiny little backpack. Yeah. Tiny little lunchbox. Oh. It's just like, oh, yeah, huh? <laughs> like, damn. Yeah, it's like so bad. All right. Then the police are like scouting through the woods, I guess searching for the boy's body if it's there. And then the guy comes out and it's like, hey, the sheriff called off the search. They found the kid. And then one of the police guys, um, Sticks, gets caught in a bear trap. Mm-hmm. Scares the shit out of everyone. So then yeah. they're like, weird. What was this even doing here? And they start moving the leaves and they find Vinnig- Finnegan's body. Yeah. Uh, yeah, rough. Uh, and so the BAU comes out and they the man has been killed by natural causes. He like probably had a heart attack while setting the bear trap mm-hmm. he's been dead for a week and they're like that oh also i love the coroner in this the coroner was like he surprisingly has a couple of funny yeah he's like he a couple of one-liners. one-liners yeah this one i really like because he's like that's weird that he would just come out here and like die and nobody ever found him and then the coroner just looks over and goes i mean someone found him he didn't cover himself with leaves <laughs> and then walks away <laughs> and Derek and Gideon and Reed are like, huh? yeah, well, yeah, you know, yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> but then it was he like, really well, then like, who's living in the house? <laughs> he had like a few zingers this yeah. app. Why yeah. was this app so full of zingers? Truly? What Zinger was up failed. with this? So Why funny. was this so filled with zingers? I don't know, but I liked it. <laughs> I dug it. I also love that it's like, Elle has just killed someone. She is on the run. The rest of the team having the time of their life. 
<laughs> rest of the team is just zinging it up in texas like yeah. what is that? it's like now that they don't have el sour mood they're just like let's, let's make jokes <laughs> um okay reed is like they're back at the guy's house it's like daytime now so they can see inside the house and reed says like if you know a tree falls in a forest does it, does it make noise if no one's around to hear it and morgan is like what the fuck are you talking about reed and he's like it's just a thought um it's weird because you know there's the rumor that he killed his wife Mm -hmm. um but actually she left for somebody else and he would look out the window every single day waiting for her to come back and i like so sad it's so sad but i liked it because this was the whole like you know small town rumors are often like based in truth and like at the same time, he was just like this lonely old man. But like all the kids were terrified because he would stand up there and watch them. Yeah. And like he wasn't watching these kids. He was like waiting for his wife to come back. Which is very sad. Which is very sad. Which is very sad. Yeah. So then Gideon is like, hey, come in here. And they all go to the kitchen. And there's food from the church. And the guy ate everything except the queen's spinach, which is duct tape shut. And Reed says that he hates spinach. Um, they're going to send the prince to Garcia. Hotch calls and walks away. And Reed goes to Morgan and says, you know, I talked to Elle that night. Um, and she was drinking. And Derek is like, yeah, she almost died. I would be drinking too. Um, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. the date on these fucking food packets are like October 25th. Except it's bullshit because we know from the perfect storm that it's already fucking November. And then North Merriman takes place in mid-November. So they just, for like one episode, were like, fuck it, it's October again. (laughs) You are going to fight God himself to figure out this fucking criminal minds timeline, aren't you? When I die... I will find the Criminal Minds writers in the afterlife and give them a piece of my mind. I will tell them what for. So then we cut to the very funny scene of Derek and JJ and Reed. And Derek just goes, hey, JJ, heard you're scared of the woods. Why? Which, like, normal conversation, I guess. Normal convo with your co-workers. Um... JJ tells a story about like being a camp counselor as a teenager and like she goes to the camp director and he's like been stabbed to death and she's like screaming and they catch the caretaker and he's like still got the knife and Derek and Reed are just like staring at her. Because what the fuck else are you supposed to do? (laughs) They're literally just staring at her and Derek goes, Really? And she's like, no, you're fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I just hate the woods because they're creepy. No, it's just, like, yeah, exactly. I love this scene. I love this scene. Yeah. And she's just like, he's still afraid of the dark. And Reed's like, yeah, because it's dark. <laughs> it's the inherent absence of light that makes it dark. Okay. And scary. And JJ's like, idiot and then and then i do like this because it hints at like what they do later where Derek goes that was funny but you better watch out payback's a bitch and she goes "Ooh, i'm shaking (laughs) um it just makes me laugh because like moving forward they start like having bets 
with each other on just like random shit and like you'll see one of them get payback for somebody else and never know what the first thing was yeah it's just like this is an ongoing saga and i just like love that they hint at it this far back that this is a thing they do yeah it also i love the fact that like you don't know the first incident that started whatever like ongoing prank war is yeah. going on i love that <laughs> but it's, it goes the entire throughout the entire show yeah there's always like randomly garcia will just be like "Ooh, i told you ten dollars and it's like told what when like they just <laughs> off screen i, know, I like it their lives. but it's also so good of like making these people feel like real people and like real right. characters yes. I love yeah. it. And you're like, and when he's like, payback's a bitch, you're like, okay, sometime in the future, JJ's gonna get like, I don't know, salt in her water glass, you know, yeah. like something stupid. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Um, And then Garcia calls and said, there were two pairs of prints on the food tray. One is a kid, they don't know, and one is the guidance counselor, James Charles. Um, So Sheriff meets the BAU at James Charles' house. Mm-hmm. And they're like, he fits the profile, profile, which was that the guy was going to be fit and kind and maybe a little smaller. And so he fits. He knows the area, like the back of his hand. Um, and then they ask if there was any, like, thing that changed recently. And the sheriff says, well, his wife walked down on him six months before the killing started. And they're like, okay, there's this trigger. Uh, and then he's, like, coming out with the trash bag. And he sees them. And Derek goes, don't do it. And the guy runs, which is hilarious to me because that's like Derek's catchphrase. Yeah. Like, so like he and like an unsub or an unschmuck will make eye contact and Derek just goes, don't. And then the guy races off like every time and Derek has to like tackle him. Um, and then James had the red hat. Oh. That was Nicholas's hat, which is very just like, yikes on, yikes on tricks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very sad. And then let's see. We go to the interrogation room. Okay, here's the thing about this scene. Derek is going the fuck in on this dude. Derek is being awful. He is. Like, awful. I hated the scene when I first saw it. Even if this guy did do it, you can't just, like, yell at someone. As a cop, you can't just, like, yell at them. And like, But I guess you can. Like, I mean, I guess you can, but, like, you shouldn't. But I also think he was kind of setting up, I think this is partially setting up Derek's anger during Profiler Profiled. And I think it also kind of serves to, or last episode they talked about like interrogation techniques um, where Spencer was like, oh, like what interrogation technique are Gideon and Hotch trying on the dude? And they're like, oh, deep empathy, that sort of thing. So I think it kind of serves as like an ongoing sort of like look into the different ways of interrogation. I think I can also see where like this guy fights children and Derek is like this big hulking dude. So Derek is like, well, he picks on smaller If I can overwhelm him. Yeah. And I think I it also kind of I think serves to separate it out when Gideon comes in later. Because Gideon has a very calm, chill approach. But there was also like a weird There was a weird energy in the studio that day, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> for the whole eight days they shot this episode. Yeah, exactly. For the whole week. <laughs> but Derek also doesn't apologize to this guy. Yeah. Like at the end, they like make eye contact for like a second and then Derek just walks away. And I just want to be like, what's that about? Okay. Anyway, so Derek's interrogating, screaming. Um, 
James is like lying, but they have his fingerprints and he's like, yeah, because I delivered all of the trays of food. Like, that's what I do. Um, and then they're like, why? What were you trying to do with the hat? Were you trying to throw it away? Or were you trying to like hide it to find later? And then Derek is like, what were you into? impotent like did your wife leave you because you like couldn't get it up she got bored of you like are you bad at sex oh did she leave you for another man and that's when james like jumps up to his feet yeah and derek's like "Ooh, okay hey yeah, yeah. um I do think it's kind of funny how Derek is just like genuinely having a pretty good time. Like this dude like stands, bats all the shit off the table, and Derek's like, "Okay, let's have some fun now." Now I'm excited. Now I'm having fun. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Garcia also tells Gideon that the kid fingerprints weren't one of the victims. All right. So then JJ is talking to Reed, and she like she's like, "I hate that this kid like Jeffrey is like going to go into the system now." Because, like, his mom, like, gave up custody and his dad is going to go to jail. JJ makes a really weird comparison here. Reed's like, that's the law. And JJ goes, yeah, so is jaywalking. But I think it's stupid. I was like, okay. I was like, there's a little little JJ info, I guess. I guess. Hates jaywalking. So true, Queen. Or loves jaywalking. Loves jaywalking. Thinks the jaywalking laws are stupid okay honestly so true queen so then she like calls and she's like hey we're gonna come get jeffrey soon then she's like weird hangs up turns out jeffrey's not at school his dad said he was sick and then derek like goes back you're back in the interrogation room and derek is basically like oh did you kill your son like were you gearing up to kill your son you wanted to kill him the most because you're like blaming him for your wife leaving so you had to kill all the kids like get up the nerve to actually kill your son so then JJ and Reed are searching James's house. Uh, they find an EpiPen and they're like, that's, <laughs> Reed is like an EpiPen. That's weird. <laughs> I was just like, a, a lot of people use EpiPens. Like, why is that weird? Yeah, like they're, they're, they're fairly normalized, even if they are prohibitively expensive under, in the US. Um, so there's that. And then they open the fridge and all of the dairy products are duct taped shut. Yeah. Yeah. So they call Gideon and they tell him that. And Gideon's like, cool. And then he goes into the interrogation room. And he's like, I'm getting coffee. Do you want coffee? And the guy's like, yeah. And he goes, do you want milk? And he's like, yes. And so like at that point, you know that it's not his milk allergy. It must be his son's milk allergy. Um, and basically, like Gideon's like, yeah, we know your son is the murderer because he covered all the cream spinach with duct tape. Because like you taught him well. You taught him how to protect himself. So, like, that's how we know it's your son. And the dad's like, do you want me to send a confession? I'll send a confession right now. And then basically, like, Gideon ends up getting him to, like, break down. And he says that he found the red cap in his son's drawer in Mm -hmm. his bedroom. And that's how he, like, knew. But he doesn't say what he was going to do with the cap. This is, like, another one of those, like, if you find out your kid is a murderer, like, what do you do about it? I Yeah, I don't know why he was, like... But also just, like, I don't understand this whole thing of, like, my kid's fine, my kid's fine. Sure, they're killing other children, but, like, they're fine, it's fine. You're the guidance counselor, dude. Even if you don't believe your kid is a monster, which this kid 100% is, even if you, even if you like, don't think your kid is a monster, you think there's, like, some underlying cause, either, like, mental illness or something, you should still want to get your kids some help. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like... 
I don't know. Especially because the kid was like 11. They're not going to charge him as an adult. I can't sympathize with these parents in Crippin' Wines that are just like, I'd rather pretend my son is fine than get him the help he needs. Get him any sort of help, yeah. I can't relate at all. Maybe we're just mentally ill and so we <laughs> want done unto other people what we wanted done unto us you know what i mean yeah maybe that's just it <laughs> i don't know about you might have but i've never killed anybody i've never killed anybody either <laughs> but damn do i wish somebody would have helped me out with a lot of problems when i was younger <laughs> you know what i mean Christ. yep like somebody should have sent this kid to therapy <laughs> Literally, like, when his mom left, the dad should have just, like, put him in therapy to deal with it. Also, the dad is a guidance counselor, like a therapist. Literally a guidance counselor. You should know that that shit fucks up kids, dude. You should... Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Tracy Bell... The only reason I know Elle Fanning's character's name is because she comes back later. Tracy Bell gets off the school bus. Um... And, like, the kid who's supposed to walk her home is like, yeah, I'm going to my friend's house instead. And, like, leaves her alone. So then um, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, the murder kid, shows up and is like, I'll walk you <laughs> home. Jeffrey, the murder kid. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey, the murder kid, is redheaded and played by a young Cameron Mongahan, who, again, went on to become famous for Shameless, by the way. BT Depps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, I'll walk you home buddy system and then he also has a steel baseball bat you know casually casual just a chill steel baseball casually. bat so then tracy bell and jeff get to the playground of the boards um and he's like she's like it's heavy we're how long much longer until we're home what's going on and he's like shut the fuck up and then he grabs her base her backpack and hits and like throws it just throws it she's immediately crying yeah. She's like, why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> um, Imagine walking home with somebody that you thought was like just a chill friend of yours or at least a mutual acquaintance and they just take your backpack and chuck it. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Literally, why would you do that? Literally, why would you do that? Yeah. That's so funny. And then he like knocks her down. He tries to hit her with the baseball bat and she like kicks his stomach and just vamooshes, gone. Into she the woods. is out of here. Out of Honestly, there. Honestly, great instincts on this kid. She is just out. She is out of that sitch. Yes. Like, get out of there, girl. And she yeah. did. Yeah. Um, so Jeff's like hunting her this whole time, running, whatever. Uh, the BAU goes to the bus stop and they're like, where would a kid take another kid? They're like, oh, the playground. So they go to the playground and they like find her backpack there. And then they're just like <laughs> running through the woods. Derek is doing his incredibly athletic running. And then it's like a close up on JJ as she like looks around and then Reed's doing his like dorky ass bullshit run. And then you like hear the, you can hear her screaming and everyone's like going towards her. Um, and then they get there and JJ like grabs Tracy Bell and hugs her and it's like, are you okay? And then Gideon like just takes the kid in one arm and like the bat in the other. And he's like, okay, you're trying to. I love Gideon just like holding this kid back with one hand. Cause again, this kid is like eight, dude. <laughs> like, this is a child. 
He's been murdering other children because that's the only person he can get. He yeah. is a child. And okay. I love Gideon just has like the the dad arm across him. Yes. Stay you know what here. I mean? Yes. Like it's when yeah. your parent has to fucking slam on the brakes for some mm-hmm. reason and they put out the parent arm. <laughs> it's like that. But he's, he's just got like the like we're in public, stay close to me, tight arm on the chest. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and then Gideon is in the police car with the kid, and Gideon's like, Why'd you do it? And the kid goes, I hurt those kids because I wanted to. <laughs> End of sentence. Like he's just like, I wanted to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> it was so it was bad. So... Gideon okay. is like, Gideon's like, I'm going to empathize with this kid. So why'd you do it? And the kid turns around and says, because I fucking wanted to. That's why. <laughs> and Gideon's like, okay. <laughs> I guess you're, so, you know, like, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it was good no it was good um <laughs> yeah so then we're on the plane jay just asleep on the couch very adorable derek is like clearly like almost asleep but he's got his headphones on like always i have a headcanon that derek's afraid of flying and so he always has the headphones on with like calming voices or like music or like something that he's just like, I'm not in the air. I'm in bed. Listen in the music. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so then Reed turns to him and is like, I should have talked to somebody about Elle. Like I knew she wasn't doing well. I should have said something. And Derek is like, don't do that to yourself. Like Elle's a grown ass woman. <laughs> don't blame yourself. Yeah, she makes her own choices. Yeah. Um, and then they're back at Hotch's office, and Elle like comes in and is like, This is where she's like, I wouldn't have changed anything, even if I killed someone, like whatever. And then she like turns in her badge and her gun and everything, and she's like, This isn't an admission of guilt. And she says that, and this was sad. She was like, When I first started working here and I saw that I had a call from the bureau, I was excited. It would you know, make my heart race and I was always ready to work. But now when I see it, it fills me with panic. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, like, it's, it's, I mean, essentially triggering to work here and yeah. I can't work here anymore. And then she's like, when you first started working here, I wondered why you never smiled. I'm going to miss that. And then she leaves and Hotch real quietly is like, I miss you too. End of episode. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like very sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's very sad. It's a whole... And it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And is that how the episode ends? It's just... Yeah. Hotch being like, I miss you. I know. Ouch. I know. James, scale of one to ten. What do we rank in this episode? What do you rank in this episode? I'll give it like a seven. I was also going to give it a seven because I'm like, I find the 
I found the L stuff annoying, but it was also <laughs> infrequent enough that I like. Yeah, forgot about it, it wasn't like a big part of the episode. I think if you put all of the L stuff together, it was less than like eight minutes, probably. It was very much not a lot of stuff. So it was pretty easy to just like ignore it and be like, anyway, back to the actual case in Texas. Yeah. Uh, did they say the name of the episode in the episode? I think Boogeyman? they did. I think I they feel called like they did. Finnegan a boogeyman. Yeah. And yeah. they didn't say wheels up. No. We had popped our bottles and everything. They do and next now, episode. You know, it's so... I know. They're playing with us. They're playing with our heart. They really are. You know? I have so yeah. many frowny faces in that column on the spreadsheet. And, and I have one exclamation face. point on the, the time that we do have wheels up. And I just... God, we'll get well, more. We'll get more. We'll get more. We'll start getting it nearly every up, which is going to yeah, be soon. fun. Exciting. That's it for this episode of Wheels Up. As always, you can catch us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, wherever at Wheels Up Pod. Uh, you can. That's that's it. You can do that. We're here every other Wednesday. Next week, we will be watching season two, episode seven, North Mammon. With a guest. With a special guest. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm excited, actually. I'm very excited. Me too. I was not excited to discuss North Mam in the episode because it is one of those episodes that does make oh. me feel like my heart is in a vice the whole time, no matter how yeah. many times I've watched it. But like with a guest on, the energy is going to be so yeah. fun. Also, a little sneak preview. It's an Australian guest. And I told her to write down all of her questions about <laughs> American high school football. <laughs> because boy, howdy, do we talk about American high school football and soccer quite a and lot soccer. next yeah. next step. I was like, I need you to just, I want to answer your questions. Because <laughs> there will be many. Yeah. That's it for this week. James, do you have an ending quote for me? I do. I do. Um, yeah. I used to be a camp counselor when I was a teenager in the woods up near Vermont. I had the night shift, you know, tucking in the girls, turning off the lights, you know, typical drill. Um, everything seemed fine. The kids were asleep, you know, nothing seemed out of the ordinary until I noticed that there was some blood on the hallway floor. So I followed the blood trail down the hall to the camp director's cabin. I walked up to his bed and... He was just lying there under his covers, dead. Someone stabbed him. I ran out of there so fast, out the door, down the hall. I can just remember it being really dark. And once I got to the door, there was another counselor. I guess she had heard me scream. They caught the caretaker on his way into town. I guess he still had the knife on him. Anyway, I guess that's probably why I decided I didn't like the woods. <laughs> I think maybe if, we should get you to take more soliloquies at the end of the episode. I think that's fun. Hey, I've got plenty memorized. I got, <laughs> you want to write a shit monologue? When contemporary, when classical, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beard on the